This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. You know, and, and especially I believe in times like this, you know, when, when you get discouraged or maybe you get overwhelmed or you're looking and you're feeling like maybe, you know, how are you ever going to get out of debt? How are you going to maybe pay your bills? How are you going to get above the water? And sometimes you just have to say, but you know what, God, I'm still here. You know, if you've done it once before, you can do it again. God is a faithful God. And so we just want to thank God for that and just keep our hope and our trust in him. Because remember, you know, don't limit God just to your paycheck. Don't limit God to just your abilities. You know, see, God is a supernatural God, and God can make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen? Well, Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for our time together. We declare that this will be a time of change. We thank you that by your Holy Spirit that you take information and turn it into revelation, bring us knowledge and understanding of your will and your way. And we give you praise and glory and honor. We declare today that salvation abounds, both near and far. We thank you, Lord, that hearts are being tenderized and hearts are being turned towards you and we thank you today will be a day of turning a tipping point for people in the name of Jesus amen amen well we're on our last one and your household we've been talking about in your household shall be saved this is number four the final one in March and then we'll be going into Easter It's just hard to believe that we're already ending out March, but praise God. God is a good God. So this, uh, our base scripture for this has been Acts 16, 31, Uh where it says, Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. Amen. Isn't that exciting? I'm telling you, I encourage you, if you haven't got your list in with your family's names, I'll put them in our box. We're going to keep praying over those. Amen. And uh, thanking God for that. So um, this one, number four, is talking about the worth of a soul. And we're going to go over. Sometimes we just love technology, don't we? Praise don't, God. Don't hit the button on the side. We won't touch the button on the side. <laughs> I'm, we're believing God, I'm getting me a brand new little wireless, we're getting some wireless little lapels or whatever, amen, I'm not going to be holding anything anymore, just going to be able to speak into the little thing and it's going to stay running the whole time, and we're going to get good stuff, quality, amen, all right, so let's go over to Isaiah 53, verses 4 through 12, and I'm actually going to read out of the Amplified in that. Now listen, because this is very powerful, amen. But in fact, he has borne our griefs, and he has carried our sorrows and pains. 
Yet we ignorantly assumed that he was stricken, struck down by God, and degraded and humiliated by him. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was crushed for our wickedness, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing. The punishment required for our well-being fell on him, and by his stripes, wounds, we are healed. All of us like sheep have gone astray. We have turned each one to his own way. But the Lord has caused the wickedness of us all, our sin, our injustice, our wrongdoing, to fall on him instead of us. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he did not open his mouth to complain or defend himself. Like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that is silent before her shearers, so he did not open his mouth. After oppression and judgment, he was taken away. And as for the generation, his contemporaries, who among them concerned himself with the fact that he was cut off from the land of the living by his death. For the transgressions of my people to whom the stroke of death was due. His grave was assigned with the wicked, but he was with a rich man in his death, because he had done no violence, not was there any deceit in his mouth. Yet the Lord was willing to crush him, causing him to suffer, if he would give himself as a guilt offering an atonement for sin. He shall see his spiritual offspring, he shall prolong his days, and the will, good pleasure of the Lord shall succeed and prosper in his hand. As a result of the anguish of his soul, he shall see it and be satisfied. By his knowledge of what he has accomplished, the righteous one, my servant shall justify the many, making them righteous, upright before God, in right standing with him. For he shall bear the responsibility for their sins. Therefore, I will divide and give him a portion with the great kings and rulers, and he shall divide the spoils with the mighty, because he willingly poured out his life to death. He was counted among the transgressors, yet he himself bore and took away the sin of many and interceded with the Father for the transgressors. Amen. Amen. Praise God. You know, so we're talking about the, the worth of a, of a soul um, in this. And, you know, I had read when I was, uh, when we were praying over this and, and talking about it, um, you know, I looked up this thing and I had remembered reading it once before, but, you know, Billy Graham, almost everybody in the world, saved and unsaved, knows who Billy Graham was. Amen. But anyway, they were taught, there was this article that he had written once, and it was talking about putting the value on a human soul. How can this be since no one can really see or touch the soul? And this was the answer by Billy Graham. It was reported several years ago that it would take $100 billion to get one man safely to Mars. That is a staggering amount of money. It is interesting how people place great value on things and even experiences. But God, in his outpouring of love for mankind, placed the value of one human soul at an incalculable price. 
the blood for his only son in order to get just one soul to heaven. Imagine the priceless gift has not only saved one soul for eternity, but a vast number that only God himself knows. By tasting death for everyone, Jesus took over our penalty as he erased our guilt. This is God's amazing forgiveness and love towards mankind. You know, we humans cannot see or touch the soul, but God can and he does because he created it. The Bible says, for what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? That's in Mark 8, 36 and 37. You know, that is, sometimes I don't think we really realize, you know, how important what God did for us. But then he also instructed us, now you go do and do greater things than me. He gave us an assignment to go and tell and win the world. Amen. And I think sometimes we forget about that. And sometimes we can take for granted, oh, I'm saved, I'm doing good, but what about everybody else? And especially first our family. And then we go out beyond there. Amen. You know, saying though. Um, scripture says, I want to read this scripture in just a second. In Second uh, Corinthians, uh, it says that uh, Jesus reconciled. We've been reconciled to God or restored to friendship with God um, by the sacrifice of Jesus. And it says, and we have also been given then, just as Sandy said, Pastor Sandy said, that we've been given that assignment as ambassadors, as someone that that has been reconciled and restored to friendship with God, we've been given that assignment to go and to tell other people uh, and encourage them, uh, strongly implore them to be reconciled uh, to God, to realize that God's the friend of sinners, isn't he? Yes. He's not the enemy. Uh, the devil is the enemy. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever, the Bible says, whosoever, you know, uh, at one point in time and at some point in time, myself, everyone, all of us, um, especially uh, those, this is especially important to you who are have turned from God or running away from God, fearful of God thinking that God is out to get you. Well, he is out to get you, but not in the way that you think. Uh, He wants you to be reconciled uh, to him. This message of reconciliation or restoration that God has always been, never stopped being our friend. The Bible says there is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. You know, people will... Uh, run off uh, sometimes when trouble comes or avoid you when trouble comes. God's the one that runs towards us and stays with us. You know, uh, if you look around and there's no one, there will always be that someone called Jesus and the Holy Spirit. If no one else will come comfort and strengthen, stand by and help you, the Holy Spirit will because that's who God is. I want to... uh, First, before we go over there, though, um, 
uh, realize this. Uh, well, what is a soul worth? What are you worth? Jesus uh, uh, certainly considered you worth it all. God, he agreed with the Father that you were worth whatever it takes. Whatever it took. And we know this. The Bible says that we're not redeemed with silver or gold. There was not the highest the highest form of uh, wealth on this earth could not purchase our redemption, could not buy us back, but it was the precious blood of Jesus. Now, you know, you don't hear a lot about that in modern days or modern times, but nothing but the blood of Jesus. This is all of my hope and peace. This is all my righteousness, nothing but the blood of of Jesus, and that was the Bible says the life is in the blood. Jesus shed His life blood uh, to give us new life. You know, in uh, Isaiah fifty three and five out of the Passion Bible, it says He endured the punishment. And remember that punishment was what we deserved and what we would have gotten. The wages of sin, the Bible says, is death, and we would have uh, uh, we deserved. We don't want what we deserve, do because we deserve the punishment, see? But we got mercy. So we, we accept the mercy uh, of God. And, and how you know that you're encountering the mercy of God is this overwhelming sense of, I didn't deserve it, I don't deserve it, comes. It's not pride like, you know, well, after all, I'm all that in a bag of chips, and you should be glad you got me, God. You know, God is glad that He got you. He's glad He made you. He celebrates you. But you know, um, you know, we ought to be glad to be gotten even more. In that, grateful as Pastor said. I think one of the one of the one of the distinguishing and identifying marks of the mercy of God is the first thing it just over this overwhelming sense of you know I don't deserve that you know, you know the grace of God is drawn to the Bible says God is drawn to a heart that is contrite or that word contrite means crushed to powder I might be talking to some folks today that uh, you're in the greatest process of your life. You know, being born again is an event, uh, but working out the salvation, walking with God through into eternity is a process. And there are varying degrees of that process. You know, the the first, there's a process that prove that that precedes the event of being born again, there is this drawing of the Spirit of God. There's this pulling on our life. Yes. God doesn't push, God pulls. God doesn't drive, God leads. God doesn't make us, but he certainly will make us wish that we had. <laughs> chosen yes. anybody ever been there repentance is you know yes. realize that God will tell us instruct us and then you know if we ignore him then God will correct us you know he won't make us but he will make us wish that we had listened the first time amen am I talking to anybody today I know you know uh, some folks in the house but certainly some folks out there um, 
God is drawing you to himself. Yes. And the Bible says this, Jesus said, no man, no person can come to the Father except by me, except the Spirit of God is drawing you, pulling on you, pulling your heart to turn towards God. You know, this is, uh, uh, this is the season that we're in. I feel that, that there's such a... Um, there, um, and you know, the Bible says that Jesus is... is is touched by the feelings of our infirmities. One of the greatest infirmities or weaknesses in the world, the world is filled with fear. There's such a atmosphere and a climate right now, a fear of the future. Fear of everything collapsing. Everything coming to some cataclysmic end. And the Bible does not dismiss that. It, matter of fact, says that at some point in time, this age, this age of grace, this consummation of the ages, of all of the generations of time itself will come to a climatic and perhaps cataclysmic end. And there's probably a great, for this generation, the generations that are on the earth today, previous generations have had to face fears, and we have to face fear today. Yeah. But the, the overcoming of the fear that's in the world is only by faith. And faith is a gift of grace, isn't it? The grace of God. It is, it is looking towards God. It is hearing what God is saying. And then it is responding as an act of our will. Then in Isaiah 53 it says, He endured the punishment that made us completely whole. Now, think about that, that God's plan for us is a complete wholeness, spirit, soul, and body. Many in the world uh, are, are um, you know, believe that there's just the physical, the five physical senses, the body, know that we have feelings and emotions and operate in those levels. But there's a level beyond that. There is that which is the heart. More than the mind, more than the body, there is the heart, the spirit of man, which, which was made by the father of all spirits. For the Bible says God is spirit. God is the spirit and the father of all spirits. And he made us in his likeness and his image. And very, very simply put, you know, when they ate the, uh, the fruit, the forbidden fruit, when they did what God said don't do, they made a choice. And God said, in dying you will die. Well, from that day, Adam and Eve lived on, you know, 900 years. So they didn't physically die that day, but the light went out. And the minute the light went out, faith left. Faith was overcome by this new force in there called fear. And fear made them hide from God. But you know, uh, here comes God who is a faith God. And God came looking for them. And God began the restoration process immediately. God didn't hesitate. 
one moment where that was concerned. He came looking. You know, he's looking for you right now. Isn't that right? And he said, where are you? What is that? That's the calling, the drawing voice of God. There's this, there's this, uh, these ropes of love that God's unwilling to just let you go your own way. Yet the Bible says we all, like sheep, have gone astray. But Jesus paid the price for you to come back to God, to turn towards God, and to be received with welcome arms. The great shepherd searches out the lost sheep. So good news today. It's wholeness. He wants, he wants there to be a completeness, a connectedness between of spirit, soul, and body connected back in right relationship with God, loving relationship, restored relationship, friendship with God. It's just that simple. And it doesn't depend on whether we've been good enough or we all, like sheep, have gone astray and gone our own way. It talks about our guilt. It talks about shame. It talks about wrongdoing. It talks about, uh, you know, um, separation from God. It talks about sin and transgression. It talks about uh, all of the things that are totally against what God ever wanted for man. God only wanted good for man. God only wanted, God didn't want evil. He wanted good for man. He wants good for us. He wants wholeness uh, for us, rightness for us, righteousness uh, for us, friendship uh, with himself uh, for us. And Jesus came to give that. And we cannot base that on trying to trying to earn it, trying to be good enough, trying to uh, impress God, trying to earn enough points where that's concerned uh, in our own selves. The Bible says our own. I remember they they preached this, uh, um, you know, uh, and part of the process of us coming to God in the denominational church that we were in said, your own righteousness is as filthy rags. And, you know, I didn't understand what that meant, but I had an inkling, you know, that, you know, I knew that I wasn't good enough. You know, they told me I was going to hell. It's like, tell me something new. I need, to, I need to know how to not go there. You know, I mean, I'm living in hell right now. Nothing's going right. Everything's going wrong. It seems like everything is just falling down around my ears, and it's like sand through your fingers. You can't get a hold of it. Am I talking to somebody today? Either near or far Away, but I'm going to tell you what now. God's got God is drawing people to Himself. We're in a time and season, and especially you know uh, where where I believe this sin is abounding. There's wrongness everywhere you uh, everywhere you turn. It's not an issue, you know, uh, of uh, you know making everything right the first thing that needs to be right in our lives is our heart with god is our relationship with him everything else we're you know oh we're not going to be able to change all of that we're not sent here to change all of that we're not sent here to change the world we're sent here to change lives it's not about the program I'll tell you, the program is going to march on uh, 
The time clock is God's. The program is his purpose. The program is, is the evil men will wax worse and worse. The program is, is as in the days of Noah, there's a ship being built, the good old gospel ship. You need to make sure you got your ticket to ride. That's, the, that's it. The program for God is people. But all of this, God has determined he's going to deal with the devil one time and for all. The delay has been because of the generations that we don't know. Uh, exactly when the end, the day, or the hour. But the Bible says that we can have a sense of the season. And we've entered into a season, both on the big time clock, but perhaps even, you know, uh, in, in, if you segment that down, even to, uh, even to this time in your life, in my life, in this generation, we've entered into a season where a fullness of time has come. And we're at a tipping point where where some things are going to spill uh, out. You know, in all of our lives, perhaps it just, you know, comes to a point in time where there's a tipping point where the fullness comes and you need a change. You need a change. You know, Job said this, he said, I'll wait until the time of my change comes. Let me tell you, the time of change is right now. The time to turn, the tipping point in your life to turn towards God, to make a decision about Jesus is now. Let me read this scripture out of 2 Corinthians, uh, and then we'll move forward from there. I know I'm talking to somebody today. Not me, but the Holy Spirit is working. Fat fingers and skinny pages, it's all right. I still like paper. Amen. Thank God for the phone, but you know. And the computer. I like the paper. Five. Second Corinthians uh, 5, and it says this, it says, Now if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh and new, and God has made all things new and reconciled us. So one, one, the translation of that word reconcile literally in the Greek it says restored us to friendship with himself and given us the ministry of reconciling others to God. In other words, it was through the anointed one, Jesus, that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping record of their transgressions. See, the devil will will put up as a stumbling block all the sins, all of the wrongdoings, all of the unworthiness, all of the fears, you know, that uh, of punishment. But the Bible says that when we understand God perfectly loves us. God is perfect love, absolute love. It doesn't mean that he ignores sin, but he dealt sin its death blow in Jesus the Bible says the way he dealt with death, this, this thing that separates us from God, he dealt the death blow to sin through his own death. He paid the penalty. 
He removed the punishment from us. He took that punishment that was between us and an eternal God who demands uh, rightness and justice. And he moved that out of the way. And he sat down at the right hand of the Father. Are you listening? And the type that we have in the tent of meeting was the mercy seat. And he goes, I'm going to meet with you on the mercy seat. The chest of my presence has the Ten Commandments and the law and the law that I gave uh, gave to you. I'm going to put that inside. That's my heart for you is that you would is that you would be able to live a life that's right, have the right things, be put right with me. But you need to understand that I'm sitting on the mercy seat and I put blood on that, and that's where we meet is at the mercy seat. You know where you meet God on the mercy seat. You know where the you know where uh, the uh, love of God was poured out and the mercy of God manifests at the cross. You know what gives you and I the rightness with God, the blood that paid the penalty, the life poured out uh, for our lives who deserve death. Now we get the mercy of God that we didn't deserve. But man, hey, it's a good deal. Take it, take it, just take it. How do I take it? But believe the love and take it by faith. Accept the grace of salvation. It says this, not even keeping records of their transgression, he has entrusted us. See, a lot of times we'll judge, we'll judge folks and say, well, they just deserve what they're getting. You don't want anyone to get what they deserve, especially you. If you love them like you love yourself, you know, if they deserve what they're getting, what you going to get? Let's just be merciful. Let's be kind. Let's be ambassadors that don't keep a record of people's transgression. He has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door. Of reconciliation to God. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world. As though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf. Turn back to God and be reconciled to him. Pastor Ron if you would come for just a moment and... uh, that's the message for today, isn't it? That's the message going into this Easter season. I believe that we're, you know, Jesus, the Bible says, in the, we, in the, in the hours and days and weeks that preceded Holy Week, and we're coming up uh, into that time season. Perhaps it maybe should be more significant this year than at any other time because this year there will be people It will not go into next year. There will be people that depart from this place and stand in front of God. And they've either been reconciled to God or they have rejected God. It's a sobering thought, isn't it? It should be. It should be when we think about that all around us, people we see in the grocery store, the neighbors that live next door, the people that are at the stoplight, the folks that are 
that are at the park, the folks that go to ball games, and all the different activities that are happening out there in the world that God is waiting on the precious fruit of the earth. God is in the waiting. What's he waiting for? Well, how shall they hear? Except someone tells them. If they never hear, how can they ever believe? If no one opens the door for them, how can they enter into a restoration and a reconciliation with God? You know, our lives, our hearts need to be open. Our lives need to be an open door. We need to be the living epistle that is a handwritten invitation. Turn. Turn back to God. Turn back before it's too late. We don't know the hour and the day that we live in. It certainly is a lot of signs of the times, isn't it? People are fearful. And it's very challenging even to be faithful. We're living in a time when I believe the only way through is to just trust. Just trust God. So what would our message be to those that are watching your life to see, is it real? Is God really real? Well, it would be a message of just trust. Just trust. Let's let's get let's let's deal with this fear of the future. Fear of failing. Fear of loss. The Bible says that all of our lives outside of Jesus Christ that there's a fear of death. The fear that seems to be the force and the and the current that's in the in the world today. What's the remedy? Perfect love. Trust in the love of God, the one who is unfailing. What what does that mean? How do you do that? Well, it's letting fall all of the all of the excuses, all of the reasonings, all of the arguments, all of the, all of the things that stand between us and just letting go. Letting go and falling into the arms of Jesus. I tell you, I feel the presence of the Lord in this place right now. Holy Spirit working in lives. Lord, I know that you're in the preparation process. You've prepared hearts today. Our hearts are ready to believe. We choose to believe and we're ready to receive you right now. If you are, I want you to pray this simple prayer with me. Dear Jesus, I am afraid. I'm not sure about the future. And I need to be. I need some 
blessed assurance. So I turn to you now. I turn my life over to you. I choose to trust you. But I need you to change me. I need you to change my life. Change me. The one that everybody else doesn't see but you see. Change my life. From the inside out. And I thank you. That if you'll do that. I will follow you. I will follow you. From here on out. I thank you for it. Forgive me. I know you have. Make it real to me right now. In Jesus name. Amen. Now if you prayed that prayer. And you meant that. I want to congratulate you. On the greatest miracle. There is nothing greater in this life. This life is all about that moment. That event in your life. And the rest of it will simply be a process. Of finding out what happened to you. Just a few breaths. Before this. We'll help you in any way that we can. We've got material we'll send to you. We'd love to love on you personally. I like a paper Bible, I guess, because I can touch and feel it. And I love to love people. And I love them the best. Not when we're just a thought or a memory of you. Or text even. Or, you know, believing you're on the other side of the lens of a video camera. YouTube or Facebook. It's so much better when we get to put our arm around you look you in the eye and tell you how much God loves you and we love you that's so much better you know in the verses those verses that we read you know Jesus took from us filthy garments of sin and he gave us a spotless robe Mm -hmm. of righteousness he who never sinned Became our sin. Yes. That we might become his righteousness. He paid a debt he did not owe. And I owed a debt I could not pay. But thank God, glory to God. Jesus washed my My sins sins away. away. And he washed yours away today if you prayed that prayer. I'll tell you, that's something to be excited about. Give glory to God about you know, that there's hope in a hopeless world, in yeah. hopeless situations. There's the resurrection the power. Resurrection. How fitting that all of this that we're going to be ministering just, you know, starting next week, you know, about the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, that he did all of this for you and for me because he loved. Amen. He loves you so much. So until the next time, our prayer for you is that you would have a heart that's at rest. The rest of faith and knowing that you are so very blessed of God. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. 
For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church. Thank you.